Hey, before we uh, start our podcast, let me tell you a little bit about Boyer's Coffee. What is better than a hot cup of Boyer's Coffee on a cold January day like today? Well, not much. And there's so many ways these days to enjoy Boyer's. If you get a chance, do yourself a favor, stop by their coffee truck and coffee cottage. That's at 72nd and Washington at some point this month. Lots of great stuff happening in January. The drink of the month is a salted caramel latte. The bagged flavor of the month is a hugely popular amaretto roast. And on the final Friday of this month, buy one, get one free. And if you can't make it to the coffee truck and coffee cottage at 72nd and Washington, there are so many other ways to enjoy Boyer's Coffee. Of course, you can pick up bagged Boyer's Coffee or Keurig cups at your local supermarket, Walmart, or Sam's Club. Or for even more convenience, just head to boyerscoffee.com. That's where you can order some of the legendary roasts, such as the Amaretto Coffee, which I've had, I love, Breakfast Blend Coffee, Butterscotch Toffee, Denver Blend, or European Dark Coffee. Make sure when you're on the website, you sign up to receive their emails with great offers, such as shipping or 20% off your entire order. Another reason to love Boyer's Coffee, Boyer's is a Colorado company. They've been roasting in the Rocky Mountains since 1965. They are the official coffee of the Colorado Rockies and also very much invested in our community. You can find Boyer's in your local supermarket or at the coffee truck at 72nd and Washington. And of course, at boyerscoffee.com. Enjoy a cup and a big cup today. On this episode of the Dave Logan Podcast with Julie Brownman, Dave and Julie break down the conference championship games. Gosh, there's so many things to unwrap, but I thought Tom Brady was terrific in the first half, made some big throws. What role does analytics play in the new era of the NFL? I think analytics have an important role in football, but that's where the gut of a head coach, a play caller, to me, has to override that. Is this the last episode of the Dave Logan Podcast? Are we doing another show? Yeah. I thought the agreement was like 64 <laughs> podcasts. No, maybe I misread the contract. Dave takes up smoking. And I just thought it was the right thing to do. And did you enjoy it? And I bought, no, God, I almost, <laughs> seriously, I almost puked. And does Matt Stafford to the Broncos make sense? If I'm George Payton, I'm running the team. I would absolutely explore the possibility of bringing Matt Stafford in. All that and more on this episode of the Dave Logan Podcast. This is the Dave Logan Podcast. Welcome to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Brownman, podcast number 64. I've lost my voice a little bit. I think I was yelling at the TV so loud this weekend uh-huh. that... Um, I'm a bit compromised. I feel like you sound like you've been drinking whiskey and smoking Marlboro's. No Marlboro's. Have you ever smoked in your life? I know you played sports. La 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 la. Nope. Ever. I have never had a puff of a cigarette. And the last cigar that I actually smoked uh-huh. was the day my daughter was born. And I just thought it was the right thing to do. And did you enjoy it? And I bought, no, God, I almost, <laughs> seriously, I almost puked. I'm just not a, I'm, I just can't do it. Yeah. But I thought it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Went one time to name drop, had dinner. Oh, wait, wait, let me say, I was with John Elway and no. Pat Bolin. No. And, okay. It was with Mike Shanahan and Adam Schefter. Okay. Pretty good. Having dinner. And after dinner, <laughs> they, they went into the cigar room and I'm thinking, oh my God. Did you go? Well, sure I went. I mean, what am I going to say, fellas? I can't go to the cigar room. <laughs> I'll call you later. Yeah. But I just, um, no, I, I, you know, I mean, more power to the, the to guys that do. I just I just never, 
I never really got into the cigar thing and never puffed a cigarette ever. So which game were you re- yelling at the most? Oh, the Conor McGregor match. Oh. Oh, you're okay. talking about NFL stuff? Yeah. 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 <laughs> no. Um, That's right. You're that guy. No, I, I uh, and I really wasn't yelling. Um, I, th- I thought there were two, two good football games. Uh, they were two interesting games to watch. I was, uh, I picked Green Bay and I picked Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So I was one and one. Uh, the Packers Bucks game was, gosh, there's so many things to unwrap with that game. But I thought Tom Brady was terrific in the first half, made some big throws. Uh, I thought Kevin King, the cornerback of the Packers, as, as I'm watching him with nine seconds to go in the half, allow Scotty Miller to run directly by him and catch a touchdown pass with like two seconds to go in the half. Mm -hmm. That brought me back to, and I think if there are Broncos fans listening to this, you'll certainly remember the play, but that took me back to the Ravens-Broncos game in Denver with Raheem Moore. Oh, I was there. the fourth down throw from Flacco. Yeah. And I said at the time, that next week, out of of a hundred times in an NFL game, if you're the defensive player on that play, that play cannot happen. Mm-hmm. Out, of, out of 100 times, Raheem Moore had to make that play. And I would say the same thing for Kevin King. Out of 100 times, you cannot get beat deep in that situation of a game. I have, I have no idea what he was doing. You know, in a lot of those instances, people blame that one play on the results of the game. Are you that guy or it's, it's no, okay. No, but I think instead of going down at halftime or in at halftime down 14 to 10, it's Mm -hmm. 21 to 10. And you, you create, you know, you create this feeling in your team, like, well, hell, what, what are we doing? Right. I mean, Green Bay came out and they had plenty of chances to win that game in the second half. It was King, by the way, that gave up the first touchdown pass to Mike, Mike Evans, in which he badly misjudged the ball and tried to jump like at the goal line and tip a ball to a receiver that caught it like five yards behind him. I mean, you you could have been Michael Jordan and not got your hand on that ball. You just can't make that play. I mean, good players on good teams, they they just – you can't do that. And and people are on Mike Pettin, the defensive coordinator of the Packers. Um, you know, should he have played too deep? Listen, if you can't count on an NFL corner to understand the situation of the game and and not get beat on – on that play at that time, that guy shouldn't, you know, then then you really, either he shouldn't be on the field, um, you should have somebody else in the field. It just, you just sit there, you're like, I grab my head like I just had a, just like I just, I'm doing right now, like I just had just a terrific migraine that just, it, it, it pinched my temples. Like, I'm like, what? So, and then, you know, I thought, um <laughs> I thought in the second half, as I said, Green Bay had some chances. They dropped a two-point conversion. Uh, and ultimately, down the stretch, the, the, the last drive down eight points, Rodgers takes him down, first and goal, second and goal, third and goal. Third and, third and goal, I thought he had a chance to run. And I think retrospectively, if Aaron would be honest about it when he sees the film, he's a good enough athlete. He's going to be inside the five and might have scored instead he throws cross his body to a to Devontae Adams, who had two buck players right around him. 
But the not to go for it on fourth down and goal. Aaron Rodgers said he might have done things a lot differently had he known that that was going to be the call. Yeah, but I see, I think that's, to me, that's a cop out by Aaron. Mm. I I really, I I mean, I really think that. And I, I have great respect for Aaron. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks. But he got to call the play on third down. Now, he said, you know, pretty much, I was assuming we'd go for it on fourth down. And if I knew we were going to kick, I might have dialed something up differently on third down. Mm, maybe. But how about this? When And he's such – I mean, this people underestimate the athletic ability of Aaron Rodgers. He's not a running quarterback, but he's a quarterback that can really run, even a guy that is getting up in years. Mm-hmm. If you go back and look at that play, I mean, hes I promise you, he's going to be inside the five. He might have very well scored. But if he's inside the five – on the run, that changes. I got to think what Matt Lafleur is going to call fourth down and goal from the three. Almost guaranteed, he goes for it. Yeah. I think Lafleur erred, and I think part of what we're seeing in in the new air quotes NFL. Can you see my air quotes on Zoom? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. impressed. They're big. Thank you. Part of what we're seeing analytics is taking such a prevalent spot in the league. Mm-hmm. So my guess is, and and it was about there was about a ten percent chance yep. of Green Bay winning if they kicked the field goal, but there was a nine percent chance of them winning if they went for it. So my guess is Matt Lafleur. This is his second year as a head coach. I think he's a good young head coach. He's taken in his first two years. He's taken the Packers, or he's guided them at least to NFC championship appearances. But my guess is when Rodgers climbs the pocket on third down, looks like he's going to run, throws the ball back across, incomplete. At that point, there's a conversation with a guy that has access to that head coach in his headset. And I think the conversation probably went like this. Matt, numbers say you kick here. But it was such, I saw that same stat and it's such a minuscule difference. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. The, the, he said, Matt, 10% chance of winning if you right. kick nine. I don't think it gets to that point. I think the analytics guy is there simply to tell you, not to, not to say you need to kick, but to tell you what the numbers say. Matt, numbers say here, better chance if you kick it. But that that's, I think analytics have an important role in football, but that's where the gut of a head coach, a play caller, to me, has to override that. And I said at the time, so it's not second guessing. When he trots the field goal team out, I said, you got to be kidding me, right? You absolutely have to. You've got Aaron friggin' Rodgers here, fourth down and goal from the eight. So, I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen? I guess an interception or whatever, but or incomplete pass, you don't score. Okay, there's two minutes and nine seconds to go in the game. So Tampa takes over, first and ten on their eight. Right. It's the same scenario. It's exactly the same scenario. I like... Green Bay's chances of giving Rodgers one more down from the eight much better than I do cutting the lead to five and then stopping Brady with pretty good field position, right? Yeah. So I, I don't know. It, it It's not second guessing because I thought it right when he made the call. Well, were you mic'd up? I mean, you're just I was not. That. I was not. <laughs> Thus, my voice is a bit compromised. Just just yelling. I like to yell in my office. I like Mm -hmm. to get into the game. Mm -hmm. I think you do. It's one of my only chances to truly be a fan because I can't call them Broncos games. You game in your office? Yes. Don't you have a living room? 
Yes, but I, I like to sit because the, the TV is very close. Uh-huh. And I sit there and I chart things. Oh, yeah, I'm like a, hey, I'm a football nerd. So you chart things even if it's not a Bronco game? Yes. Yes. Things that I like, things that I see formationally, and I can also run it back. You know, okay. just, you know, you just, you just sort of just watch it like that. So Tom Brady, I think a lot of us, uh, well, I know myself. I Yeah, I was going to say you for sure. Root against him a little bit. Too much perfection there in New England. However, I like an underdog role now for Tom Brady in that he proves the point that it's not just about Bill Belichick. I love that. I was rooting for him. So does Giselle Munchen. Yeah, well. Yep. No, I um, I saw Brady's was a, his Instagram post last night with he and Gronk. They're walking on the tarmac mm-hmm. in Green Bay, about to get on the plane to fly back to Tampa, uh-huh. and neither one of them say anything. They're just holding the camera out, like and hey, Brady's Bill. just smiling, and then <laughs> Gronk lifts his shirt and it says NFC champions. Oh, and they're you know I think point point taken, point well made. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's got to be really satisfying to Tom Brady. You know, whether or not he's too classy of a guy to ever say it yeah. publicly. But there has to be just a moment that I'm with his wife or with friends or whatever that he just says, hell yes. Now, right. what do you think now, Bill? I mean, there has to be. Because Bill Belichick is arrogant enough, arrogant enough to think it's about him. You have to have well, see, I a don't great dis- quarterback. You, to yeah, do what you they do. Did. Yeah, you do. But I also don't discount what Belichick has made or has meant to, to the Patriots either. People say, well, then, you know, look at this year. They suck this year. Listen, they had more opt-outs at New England. They had like eight Jawan James. Mm. They had eight players, four or five of them like dogs. I mean, mm-hmm. great players decide because of COVID not to play. Yeah. So when they get them back, we'll, we'll see what next year looks like. And they got to find a quarterback. It's not going to be Cam Newton. But... Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not one of these guys that hates Tom Brady. I've never been one of these guys that say, oh, you know, he wins all the time. And so, so what? He's so good looking. Some, somebody need, well, I don't say that. It's, you know, but <laughs> he is a good looking guy. Mm-hmm. Um, no, man, but hey, the job he's done, you, you have to step back and say, man, I'll tell you what, people talk about, they don't want to say that you're the greatest of all time. This is his 10th Super Bowl. And that yesterday was his 14th championship game. 14 championship game. It's just, the numbers are just stupid. Since his rookie season, mm-hmm. he's played in nearly half of all Super Bowl action. That's unbelievable. 48%. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, putting, he's putting numbers together. You talk about numbers that are unreachable in sports, and, and you know, we're doing this uh, it's more of a football podcast, at least this time of the year. But I, I'll tell you right now. Well, the only one I, the only qualifier would be Patrick Mahomes. Is anybody ever going to play in ten? Maybe Mahomes. He's young enough. This will be two mm-hmm. for Mahomes in his fourth year. Yeah. And if D Ford doesn't line up offsides, literally one play. When the Chiefs hosted the Patriots and the Patriots won in overtime, this would be the third straight appearance in a Super Bowl for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Watching that game with the Chiefs and the Bills, when the Bills were up 9 nothing, did you think, oh my? No. Okay. I mean, I thought, oh my, but good start for Buffalo. Nope. They've come back too many times. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the last five playoff games for Kansas City, Mahomes has led 
uh, double-digit comebacks in the last five playoff games four times. So it really, I mean, within reason, it just doesn't matter what the first part of the game looks like. I will say I do think that the Bills are going to be down the road. I think the Bills are going to be in the way of the Chiefs to get back to a Super Bowl. Buffalo did a great job. I I, I love Josh Allen, mm-hmm. um, but he had to play nearly perfect football. Right. And he made and, some mistakes. And they had no chance stopping Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And so now you look at Tampa, we'll talk about that. Obviously, next week we'll talk about sort of the forecast for the games, but Tampa has, they're not as good as San Francisco was last year up front. The Niners front four. The game plan that Robert Sala, who's now the head coach of the Jets, put together with his defensive staff for San Francisco in last year's Super Bowl was about as perfect as you can get. And he also had perfect personnel. He had four guys that were dudes that you could rush for and you could pressure Mahomes. If you can do that consistently, it's kind of it goes back to when, you know, when the Giants played the Patriots and they beat the Patriots twice. Well, they did it largely because they had guys up front that could put pressure on Tom Brady. That's what Tampa has to be able to do if they're going to have a chance, I think, in this game. They've got to be able to disrupt Patrick Mahomes with four and occasionally light him up and lock up in the back end and bring bring more than they can block. The problem with that is Mahomes is so good at recognizing that and he's got he's not he's not a running quarterback but he's a quarterback that can run. And plus Patrick Mahomes, I don't know if people realize this, he's 230 pounds. He's Doesn't not like it. he's not a little dude. Yeah. This I mean the game yesterday against the Bills, there are two times the Bills have unblocked unblocked edge rushers. Now, in the NFL, 90% of the quarterbacks are going to get sacked or they're going to try to throw the ball away or whatever. Mm -hmm. He just sort of shrugs his shoulder a little bit, gets inside. Guy's got his arm around his waist. He just is going down. Third down and nine, completes 11-yard pass to Travis Kelsey. Which defense is better? I think Tampa has a little bit of an edge defensively. They have played really well. I like their front four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devin White is a monster inside. The question for Tampa, I think, will be, can we hold up in the back end? They were without their two starting safeties yesterday uh, in Green Bay. Winfield didn't even suit up. And then the other kid got hurt in the game. I don't know how badly he's hurt. I think they'll get Winfield back. But, but to beat Kansas City, you have to be able to hold up in the back end. And I think, listen, I think... Um, you know, some of the teams that have that kept the game close, the, the way they – I mean, look at the Broncos. The Broncos gave up 22 points, I think it was, to Kansas City in Kansas City. Well, they kept everything in front of them. Kansas City moved the ball up and down the field. But when they got to the red zone, uh, they had a great red zone plan, and they forced Kansas City to settle for field goals. That will be how the, the Super Bowl is determined. I guarantee you, red zone efficiency for both teams. We will have you make your pick next week. For, um, Are we doing another show? Yeah. I thought the agreement was like 64 <laughs> podcasts. No? Maybe I misread the contract. You misread the contract. It was 664 hmm. before we take a break. You which... misread the contract. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, future in Green Bay. Um, Murky, mm-hmm. cloudy. He even said, my future's yeah. unknown. You know he's pissed. And and the reality of it is he's got three years left on his deal. 
So I, you would you would assume Green Bay wants him back, but I think now what what happens with your season ending like it did, all the things that bugged him in the past that he's been able to move on, the fact that they drafted a quarterback right. in the first round, they haven't really helped him much on offense. All those things sort of force their way back in your door. And you have some time here where you're by yourself. You start thinking about those things and you can be your worst enemy on stuff like that. So, I mean, if he really wanted to play hardball and he, he could go to the Packers and say, I know I've got three years left in the deal, but I am not coming back. I will sit out. So you need to trade me. And here's where I want to go. Let's get the best deal possible. He didn't look like a happy guy after the game. His but, body but language. I understand he's that. He's sort he of just, that way all the time. Yeah, he's always got that kind of... He's kind of a... I think he'd be a hard guy. And I have... I have... I've got a friend of mine who has played with Aaron. It was a few years ago. And we talked about him. He's And he said, great guy, great teammate, but can wear you out. With his sadness? Well, he didn't say anything about his sadness, just said can wear you out a bit. He's a real cerebral guy. He's a very, very smart player. He's a great quarterback, but you just get the impression that he hasn't been completely, maybe even mostly satisfied with what the Packers have done. Mm-hmm. And if you go back and look at what the Packers have done in the draft, I, I get that. It's like, man, I mean, seriously? You draft a quarterback in the first round this year? And I've got, before the start of the season, I've got four years left on my deal. Yeah, but doesn't that happen to every older quarterback? Yeah, There's but it, some time that always happens. Well, yeah, but it, it also, in fairness to Aaron, it also sends the message that, you know, your, your time's coming to an end. That, that happens, but does it happen after you've had a great season with mm-hmm. a brand new, a rookie head coach, and you've gone to the NFC Championship game, and you just got out-horsed? by San Francisco, wouldn't you think at that point, if Green Bay thought, you know, we're close, mm-hmm. let's get this dude some weapons, but instead they draft a quarterback? I mean, I'd be I'd be pissed about I it. I have to ask this question just because there's probably somebody out there that wants me to ask the question. We're going to talk about, after the break, we're going to talk about Matthew Stafford and possibly coming to Denver. There's somebody out there that thinks, wait a sec, he may not want to stay in Green Bay. What about coming to Denver? I mean, Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. I don't know what incentive he'd have to to come to Denver. I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers wants to. First of all, he's a California kid. Mm-hmm. He grew up wanting to be a San Francisco 49er. And the year he came out, the Niners had the first pick in the draft. And who did they pick? Alex Smith. So if he's past his frustration with San Francisco at that point, mm-hmm. would it make sense? I mean, for me, it would make a hell of a lot of sense for Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch to look at Aaron Rodgers and say, Listen, we put that guy in our offense with our defense. We're right back in the thick of things to go to the Super Bowl. The other, the other idea is the Rams, because I think they have they've soured. I guess the way to put it on Jared Goff a bit. So the Rams with that defense and a great running game and a really bright, innovative young coach, that would make some sense to me. But from from the Broncos' standpoint. If you're Aaron Rodgers, you look at the Broncos, and I think Denver could make the case that, hey, we've got a a very solid running game, pretty good on defense, got a lot of weapons. So maybe, but I think that would be, to try to get Aaron Rodgers would be much, much, much more costly, and I think much more doubtful 
than a guy like Matt Stafford. When we come back on the Dave Logan podcast, we will talk about Matthew Stafford and possible chances of coming to Denver. The Dave Logan Podcast can be found at iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Remember to download, and if you like what you hear, share with your friends and subscribe. Remember, you can log on to our website, thedaveloganpodcast.com. Go to the contact tab to ask us questions. We'll read them on the podcast. Most every question is fair game. Just keep it classy. It's at daveloganpodcast.com, or you can send your question directly to us on Twitter at DaveLoganPod or at JulieBrownman1. Well, as we start a new year, make a resolution to try a few new things in 2021, right? And we can start you off with a trip to Molly's Spirits. We say that because Molly's is truly the land of adult beverage discovery. The unique selection of Molly's is something to experience from their hundreds of wines from all over the world to their huge selection of beers to appeal to any beer lover. To the wide range of high quality spirits, Molly's is your one-stop shop for all of your liquor store needs. And if you haven't been, do yourself a favor and head to one of Molly's two locations, either in Lakeside or the DTC location. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. One of my favorite things we love about Molly's is their selection and commitment to Colorado companies. From craft beer to wine to Colorado whiskey, one of Molly's missions is to show off all the fantastic Colorado breweries, wineries, and distilleries. And of course, we do love that. So remember, Molly's delivers and has curbside assistance as well as well-trained and knowledgeable staff to assist you in their store. So you can ask them any questions and they'll have the answers. Molly's, again, with two locations, Lakeside at 44th and Harland and the Greenwood Village location in the Arapaho Marketplace right off I-25 in Arapaho next to Sprouts. Molly's Spirits, two intoxicating locations to explore. Welcome back to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Brownman. And once again, if I failed to do this initially, I want to thank uh, thank you for downloading our podcast. Hope you're enjoying it. You know what? And if you can subscribe, share, and write a review, that would help us greatly. Sounds a tad bit like begging. Well, it is. Because I don't think what people, this is what people don't realize. And I don't like to do it because you'd say that to me and then I feel badly about myself. You do it well for not liking to do it. <laughs> Here's the deal that people don't know. I don't think. This is, you've worked at K-Way for a billion years, right? No, no. And K-Way pushes out, oh, it's Dave Logan show. La, 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 la. Dave Logan on the Broncos. This podcast is not sponsored by KOA. This is a grassroots podcast that is basically two microphones, Zoom and a Zoom call. So we're doing this all on our own. So it's we don't have a big radio station to push it out. You are definitely way. begging right now. I'm not Sounds begging. Sounds like we're the little sisters of the poor. <laughs> we don't have a big radio station. We're not we're not able to <laughs> Nobody likes us. <laughs> Seriously. Nobody likes us. Could you like us? Please, please? subscribe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So my message is hey do what do whatever feels right to you. But um, all right, we were talking about Matthew Stafford. Yes. And um, there is some speculation. I mean, Stafford and the Lions have agreed, and it was reported this weekend by ESPN, that they are going to part ways, and thus the Lions are going to get the best deal they possibly can for Matthew Stafford. Peter Mm -hmm. King, Mm -hmm. the esteemed uh, NFL guy, said that he thought 
that you could get Matthew Stafford for a couple of twos. Oh. Or a two and a player. Yes, please. Well, what player would that be? Well, I mean, for the Lions, it, it might mean Drew Locke. Oh. A second-round draft choice and Drew Locke. Oh. Now, again, speculation for sure. I think I think the Broncos, I think he had the Broncos rated the fourth most favorite team <laughs> to acquire I'm tired of finishing Matthew fourth. Stafford. Well, so here's my thought on Stafford. I think, and again, I, I, I want to preface my remark by saying I am not anti-Drew Locke. Uh, Drew did some good things uh, this past football season. And he did some things that, you know, they're going to have to, whether here or wherever, you're going to have to get corrected. You have to coach, and I've talked about this, you have to coach some of his habits out of him. If he's ever going to be a consistently good uh, to better quarterback. So you can't throw the ball to the other team that many times and survive. You just can't. But that said, he made some throws, again, that I went back and looked at that are just unreal throws. So Unreal in a good way. Yes. Yes. He's got plenty of arm talent. At times, he's got great anticipation. Um, he just does some things sometimes where you just grab your you grab your face and just stretch it in like like clown like <laughs> proportions. So Matt Stafford to me, I mean, if I'm if I'm George Payton, I'm running the team. I would absolutely explore the possibility of bringing Matt Stafford in. Um, the whole idea about this is to get better and to get better fast. Right. The league, the league is about uh, turnarounds. The league is about one year you're down, the next year you bounce back and you you can get in the playoffs. And then once you get in, anything can happen. Well, the Broncos haven't been in the playoffs for five years, and part of the biggest reason that I see that being the case is their uncertainty as to what the hell they're doing at quarterback. So if nothing else, yesterday's games. Two good games. You look at the quarterbacks that we witnessed yesterday. I mean, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. No questions. They're all dudes. They're all dudes. You cannot, and this is not earth-shattering news, um, it's not a revelation, you can't win at this level without a dude. You just just can't. The game is too hard. Is Matthew Stafford a dude? Yeah, absolutely he is. I I mean, I think. I know there's people around town, because I hear the shows, that say, well, he's never won anything in Detroit. Okay. Never won a playoff game. Okay. Um, If you know anything about football and you just go back and look at some of the tape with Stafford and look at some of the throws he makes and his ability, his arm talent is uh, terrific, and he still has it, and he's not that old. Right. 32, 33? Yeah, I think you can get four or five years. I mean... Uh, assuming, and you'd have to do some work on him. Assuming that medi- medically speaking, he's okay. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't. He's he's been banged up a lot. I don't know if he's got any injuries that would cause the Broncos or any other team to look and say, ah, I don't know if we want to invest three or four years in this guy with that kind of injury. But assuming that is not the case, I, yeah, I, that I would I would do the deal. How much better does he make this team immediately? Last year, I'm not going to throw away last year by any means, but. It was a crazy year, especially for a young team with getting a new offensive coordinator. You know, everybody loses people from COVID, but that was a tough year. So how many more wins can you, do you think a Matthew Stafford adds? Well, I don't know about, I don't know if you can quantify it and say how many more wins. I think when he walks in the door, there's a level of confidence that, uh, that the team would feel. Mm-hmm. I think they, you know, because they're aware of his ability once they saw it in preseason, assuming we have couple of preseason games um 
but I but I think, and again, listen, if Drew Locke is brought back, do I think they have a chance? Yeah, I think he's got a chance to get better. Mm-hmm. I'd still be excited about a young guy, but I'm just talking about the sense of urgency and trying to make something happen now. And Stafford gives you that ability where Drew is still, you know, he's still a work in progress. So, yes, I just think by how many years he's played in his overall skill set, he gives you a better chance. So if it were John Elway, we'd say, okay, this John Elway is in the win now because it's been so long. But now it's a new GM and it's George Payton. So what's his motto? Is he a draft and develop guy or is he a... Let's do this now. He's a draft and develop guy, but he didn't draft Drew Locke. Yeah. He's a guy that, you know, I mean, I would assume he's got a six-year deal. He'll go back, which I think was smart. He's going to go back and look at the tape of all players and of Drew Locke in particular, and then he's going to come to his own conclusions. And then he's going to sit down with uh, Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer and others and say, okay, here's what I see. Tell me what you see. And those guys are then going to have the floor and say, hey, we think that, uh, you know, we'd rather move forward or we think that we would not, you know, not want to do that. So it's not mm-hmm. it's not going to be it's not going to be a complete democracy. But I do think he'll once he develops his own sort of thought on Drew, then I think he'll he'll ask Pat Shermer, hey, listen, tell me. From an offensive standpoint, what do you think? Do you want Matthew Stafford here? I'm asking you. Yeah. Do yeah. I? Yeah. I think, again, if everything's on the up and up and he's completely healthy, mm-hmm. um, without sounding like I'm a Drew Locke critic, which I'm not, but does that make your team better at this particular point? I think it does. Before we go on podcast number 64, Gary Kubiak Retired, I believe, last week. Yep. After 38 years in the game. Yep. Player, coach, consultant. What would his, um, how are you going to remember Gary Kubiak by? Oh, wow. Um, Because there were a lot of different roles in your lifetime with him. I think really important. Yeah. I mean, the year that I was with Denver, Gary was was in the league and got to know him there. First and foremost, he's he's a really good human. He's Mm -hmm. a quality guy. And you don't always find that everywhere. You certainly don't find that always in the NFL. Um, he's a family guy. He's a hardworking guy. Mm-hmm. He's got a, he's got a, you know, Gary comes across as a really mild mannered guy, mm-hmm. which he is, but he also has that side that, that he can, he can turn that, that around a bit. I would say this, I'll remember him as a really important figure in Denver Broncos history. I mean, nine years as a backup quarterback. Uh, he was he was the offensive coordinator on both Super Bowl championships, ninety on uh, thirty two and thirty three. He was the head coach of the Super Bowl championship in Super Bowl fifty, and the job he did the last year of Peyton Manning's career uh, with Peyton and Brock Osweiler. You're talking about Peyton friggin' Manning, right? Mm-hmm. One of the greatest to ever play the game. All of a sudden, you're going to take him out, and I know. You know, there was an injury involved, but he still had to balance. Like, how do I how do I deal with this guy? I thought Gary just did a did a terrific job. And listen, he managed to steer that team all the way through to a Super Bowl championship with a compromised veteran quarterback. Uh, So I think you have to salute him. I I I think the world of the guy. You ready to be done with this? Yes. See you next week. Bye bye. 
Hey, Tom, once again to talk about DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. This week, some exciting action coming up. And DraftKings has a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs. Now, if you haven't tried DraftKings yet, head to the App Store now because you want to get involved in this. You can draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, pass, and catch means a heck of a lot more with DraftKings. It's really simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching the game quite like having a shot at millions of dollars. Here's what you do. Download the DraftKings app now and use code Logan. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. Just enter code Logan to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. The code again, my last name, Logan, only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.